Hello, precious brothers and sisters. Hey, have you ever said something to somebody and what you said was not necessarily what they heard or what you even meant? My name is Jody Coward, and I would like to welcome you to the Blood of the Lamb Ministries' new podcast, Twisted Perspectives. Twisted Perspectives is about expressions that you've often heard, but we've put a new and slightly twisted biblical perspective on them. And occasionally, we'll even discuss some other biblical topics. Home field advantage. You've heard the expression. It's where when a visiting team of some particular sports goes and visit another team on their home field or home court or whatever the case may be, it's not unusual for the home team to have the advantage as they battle it out on the field. This is where the expression comes from, home field advantage. I know of another couple of battles where in one of them the visitor thought that he could beat the king on his own home field of heaven. But boy, oh boy, was this created visitor wrong. Jesus said that he had saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Score, king one, Satan zero. We all know that Jesus came from heaven to earth to redeem what was lost. So now Jesus was playing on Satan's home field. And of course, Satan thought he had won when Jesus was crucified. Jesus himself even said, it is finished. And I can see Satan and all of hell rejoicing at a short victory as they thought Jesus meant that the statement was for himself. But early, early Sunday morning, God the Father started a 10 count and all of hell started trembling in fear. God continued the countdown not to one, O-N-E, but to one, W-O-N. Satan and all of hell were screaming, He's alive! He's alive! We lost again! He's alive! He's alive! Jesus came and conquered Satan and made a public display and a bold testimony in defeating him. Jesus did it all on the enemy's own home field. Score, King 2, Satan 0. We don't need to have a home field advantage. Why, you ask? Well, because we have the Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living in us. That alone continually gives us all the advantage we need for any and every situation we will ever face in this life. Hallelujah. Home field advantage. Signs. You know, there's all kinds of signs out there. You have restaurant signs, you have hotel signs, you have store signs, you have stop signs, yield signs, all kinds of signs, business signs. My wife and I, one time we had our business signs on our vehicles, one of my truck and one of her car. The cool thing about signs really is that their job is the fact that they point to something that is beyond themselves. For example, if you see a Walmart sign, maybe on one of their trucks, that sign is not Walmart. That sign simply points you to Walmart. You get my point? You see restaurant signs, for example, the Sonic, Taco Bueno, I don't know, you name it, Long John Silver's, whatever restaurant sign you want to call it. That sign is not the restaurant, the sign is not the hotel, the signs point you to that business. They point to something else. I bring this up to make the point 
that over 2,000 years ago, there was a sign given to us. In fact, on that day, there were two signs. The first sign pointed directly to the love, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, peace, the righteousness, the justice of Almighty God. That sign was a cross. You still see that sign today in forms of jewelry, on bumper stickers and signs on cars. You see them in pictures. Donna and I have one in our living room, a picture of one. I have one on my phone. I have one in my office. But the sign points to something else beyond itself. The sign points to the love, the forgiveness of God, the glory of God that is all in His Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the only begotten, risen Son of God, whose blood takes away the sins of the world. Amen. There was another sign on that day, and the sign was on top of the cross. And likewise, that sign pointed to something else beyond itself. I believe the sign said, Jesus, King of the Jews. The King of the Jews is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the Great I Am, the Word made flesh, and He dwelt among us. Hallelujah. Signs. Okay, we're going to do a little something something different today. Uh, our two twisted perspective topics today were home field advantage and signs. And normally I give like a little Bible lesson dealing with the twisted perspective subject. But today I want to do a little something different. I, for years, have been absolutely fascinated with the Hebrew language. I think it is a most fascinating language. Now, here's why I think it's so interesting, okay? There are 22 Hebrew alphabet letters. Each letter represents a number, and each letter has a picture that goes along with the number. And the picture has a meaning behind it. For example, the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. It is a sign of an ox or a bull, and it means strength or leader or first. The last letter is the word Tav. It's a picture of a cross. The cross means to seal, to covenant. So when Jesus said the words, as we read it in the book of Revelation, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, he didn't really say that. He didn't speak Greek. He spoke Aramaic. So instead of saying he was the Alpha and Omega, he would say, I am the Olive and the Tav. Olive meaning Alpha, Omega meaning Tav. Tav meaning Omega, the beginning and the end. But in the Hebrew alphabet, Olive is a picture of a bull or an ox, and the symbolic meaning of it is the strength, leader, or first. The word Tav, the sign or the picture of it, is a cross. And, of course, it means to seal and to covenant. So, if you put those pictures together in the Hebrew alphabet, you could literally say it like this. 
Jesus would be saying, I am the first and the leader of the new covenant. He is the Aleph and the Toph. Now, here's another one for you. The word Yahweh, I love this one, is the letters Yud, Hey, Vav, and Hey. Yud is a picture of an open hand. Hey is the picture of an open window, and most traditional Jews don't know what the window opens to. Okay? So you have Yud, Hey, the open hand, the open window, Vav, which is the picture of a nail, Hey, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. So you have an open hand, an open window, a picture of a nail, and another open window. So if you put the pictures together, you could say it like this. The hand of grace, the open window opens to God's grace. Okay? Most new Christian Jews have come to believe that. It's just the traditional Jews don't know what the window opens to. Okay? So you have yud hey vav hey, Open hand, open window, a nail, open window. The hand of grace, nailed in grace, Yahweh. I hope that wasn't too confusing. If it was, please email me and I'll see if I can straighten it out for you. Now, I thought I would teach you a Hebrew sentence that is just one word. That's right, a complete sentence with just one word. Actually, it's three different words put together to make one word. And hopefully it will bring us all into a deeper revelation of our King of our Savior and our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. So are you ready for this? The Hebrew word for our English word with is em, E-E-M. The second one is the Hebrew word for our English word us is anu. So in Hebrew so far you have em and anu, E-E-M, em, anu, A-N-U, em, anu. The Hebrew word for God, our English word God, is El. So let's look at this. In Hebrew, you have E-E-M, Im, Anu, A-N-U, and El, E-L, Emanuel. So you could say it like this in English. With us is God. The Hebrew word for Anu is us. The Hebrew word for with is Im, and the Hebrew word for God is El. With us is God, Emmanuel. That's what Isaiah called him. In English, Emmanuel is pronounced Emmanuel. In Hebrew, it's not just a word. The phrase Emmanuel is an entire sentence. It is a proclamation, it is a decree of the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of the world. His very life here on earth was a declaration, a decree, a proclamation in Hebrew, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. So let's look at this. When Jesus was sorrowful, Isaiah said that he bore our sorrows. In Emmanuel, it forms the sentence that with us in our sorrows is God. When Jesus was in the boat in the middle of the storm with the disciples and they became afraid, you could say it like this, Emmanuel, with us in the storm is God. When he was Emmanuel, despised and rejected by men, it would be Emmanuel, with us in our rejection is God.
as he hung on the cross as Emmanuel for our judgment, it would become Emmanuel with us in our judgment as God. When he ascended to heaven, now and forever, it is now Emmanuel with us forever is God. Emmanuel came into the world and into every circumstance of our life so that we could boldly proclaim Emmanuel. Emmanuel is always with us in every place, in every circumstance, and in every moment of every day of our lives. Now, always, and forever, with us is Jesus. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, we had two different twisted perspectives, and I threw another twist in for you uh, with a little bit of a Hebrew thing. And as I said, I dearly love the Hebrew language, so look for more of those in the coming days of the podcast. Hey, we love you. Be sure you send us your emails, letting us know your prayer requests, your comments, and your concerns. I'd like to thank you for taking your time to listen to our podcast today. If you would like to contact us with your questions, your comments, or even your prayer request, you can do so at jodycoward59 at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-C-O-W-A-R-D-5-9 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. 